Honest 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it is the Masson All Access Podcast. Paul Mancano and Brendan Mortensen here with you. Good morning, Baltimore, and happy Adley Rutschman Day to all who celebrate. Whew, what an exciting day we have in Birdland. Adley Rutschman has had his contract selected and the top prospect in all of baseball, will make his major league debut tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. I think I can stop shouting now. No, no. I don't think you can. It is going to be a day of continuous shouting yes. at Camden Yards. Adley Rutschman debuting will wear number 35. Maybe you've already gotten your jerseys, but you can get your jerseys now that we know what number he's wearing. Do you? Can we? I, I don't know. Maybe. All right. Team store is not yet open. We were some of the first ones to arrive in this ballpark. The news broke very early this morning after a very late game last night. An exciting one, nonetheless. Yeah. But, boy, we are running on very little sleep. That's okay. We are fueled by the news that Adley Rutschman will make his major league debut tonight. And we are live here on Facebook and YouTube. Could be listening to it after the fact. Had to go live immediately. We're going to take your comments as we go. Hopefully some excited comments. I tend to think... the. Fans are going to be pretty excited about this news. Yeah, one fan on Facebook already commenting, it's Christmas. Very that much it is. Christmas morning vibes. Yes. Waking up early, seeing what's under the tree, and it's the top catching prospect in baseball. And what a wild stretch here, too, because literally the last three days, you have had Anthony Santander walk off the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Rugnet Odor walks off the Rays last night. Yep. And then tonight, you will have Adley Rutschman making his debut Catching Kyle Bradish, more than likely. We haven't seen the lineup yet, but we are assuming that since the Orioles have called up Adley Rutschman, he had an off day for Norfolk yesterday, was available off the bench, but did not play. So we are assuming that Adley Rutschman will be catching Kyle Bradish tonight. And then Ryan Mountcastle has said over the last few days that he is feeling ready to come off the IL as soon as he is eligible, and he is eligible for tonight's game. So we could see a lineup that gets Adley Rutschman and Ryan Mountcastle somewhere in the middle, and then Rutschman will be catching Kyle Bradish. The timing here is perfect. It's at home. We figured it had to be a home debut for Adley Rutschman. Just not fair to let the guy debut on the road where another team's f fan base gets to see the guy in person before the Orioles do, especially when it's in the AL East as the Orioles are, are going to New York and Boston later this week. So Orioles fans will get an up-close and personal look at him. The weather's going to be... A little bit on the warmer side, but it should cool off before 7 o'clock game time. They hit the road, so they face some of the tougher opponents in the AL East. Obviously facing the tough Rays tonight. Then they go to Boston, to New York and Boston. So he's getting his feet wet. He's jumping right in, facing some tough AL East competition. But at least he's starting at home. He just caught three games in a row, and that was a big hurdle for him. The Norfolk assignment was the final step of his process of getting himself healthy and ready for the big league call-up. We started down in Aberdeen, played just four games there, then three in Bowie, and finally 12 games in Norfolk. And for all the concern 
that he was not hitting well enough in Norfolk in a tiny sample size, he mitigated some of that concern. He finished in those 12 games by hitting 233. All three of his homers in the minor leagues this year came in Norfolk, and he caught three days in a row. So he checked the boxes defensively as well. This rehab assignment was a true rehab assignment, getting himself a de facto spring training after he had to miss spring training, and now he is fully healthy and ready to go. I think the last three games were truly the test. Last three games, he hits much better, like you mentioned. Had four hits, two home runs, an OPS of 1262. So any concern that Adley Rutschman was struggling at the plate offensively, I think those concerns have been mitigated over the last few games. And I really think, Paul, that probably the last box that the Orioles wanted to check to make sure that he was healthy and ready to go was him catching three days in a row. At the major league level, he's probably not going to catch more than three days in a row. Throughout his minor league career so far, we've seen him get work at first base, at DH, because the priority going forward, I'm sure, is to keep Adley Rutschman in the lineup as much as possible. Robinson Chirinos is now able to bounce into a role that the Orioles are probably much more comfortable having him in, which is a platoon who will probably give Adley Rutschman a rest against left-handed pitching. Because Robinson Chirinos, over his career, has an OPS, I think, close to 850 against lefties. So that's where he fits best as a backup who's able to mentor Adley Rutschman and can give him a day off from catching, probably against left-handed pitching. Adley, over his minor league career, and especially this year, has hit a lot better as a left-handed hitter against righties. So I think that pairing makes complete sense. And... Ryan Mountcastle coming back means that Adley is not most likely going to have to play a whole lot of first base as well. The Orioles are set there with Mountcastle. They have Tyler Nevin who can fill in at first base and, of course, Trey Mancini. I think it's a possibility at some point that we do see Adley Rutschman get some reps at first base, some some starts at first base. However, the primary concern for him right now is get him behind the plate, have him start working with this pitching staff. Yeah, I don't think... We'll see him at first incredibly often. I don't think we're going to see him at DH incredibly often either, just because you have Ryan Mountcastle and Trey Mancini, and you want to get both of those guys in the lineup as well. But again, we're starting to see some really good problems to have, right? You're trying to find places in the lineup that Adley Rutschman can hit, that Ryan Mountcastle can hit, that Trey Mancini can hit. That's a really good problem. Those are three really good hitters. We're hoping we haven't seen Adley Rutschman in the majors yet, but we're hoping that the bat translates, and we have no reason to believe that it won't. So I know what you're saying. Who are these two guys screaming on my phone, on my tablet, on my laptop about this Adley Rutschman guy? Who is Adley Rutschman? Nobody here knows. Let's let's throw it back (laughs) and explain exactly, to give full context to why today is such an exciting day, Brendan. Adley Rutschman is maybe the second best collegiate catcher of all time behind Buster Posey at Oregon State. Remember, he hit 408 and then 411 in his sophomore and junior seasons at Oregon State. He won the College World Series, won the College World Series most outstanding player, had 17 hits, was walked with the bases loaded. His junior year, he had a 1.327 OPS. He checked every box in terms of mentality, in terms of makeup, And in terms of defensive chops behind the plate, the Orioles took him with the number one overall pick in 2019. And I'd argue that today is the most important day of the Orioles' rebuild so far. And 
Second would probably be the day that Adley Rutschman was selected back in 2019. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of importance of the rebuild, obviously you would look a little bit more holistically and say, well, the development of Grayson Rodriguez, you didn't necessarily think he would turn into the fourth best prospect in all of baseball. But in terms of a singular day, I think you're absolutely right. This debut really marks the culmination of all of the work that Michael Elias has done. Obviously not the culmination, but I think it's the beginning of this new era, right? Michael Elias has worked so hard over the last few years to get these top prospects, to get guys like Adley Rutschman, like Gunnar Henderson, Kobe Mayo, a lot of these top prospects in the system. And just the fact that Mountcastle, Rutschman, and Bradish will all be playing tonight more than likely that's the future. There's a reason the Orioles have the best farm system in all of baseball, according to MLB Pipeline, and it's not just the depth, which was a major piece of ev- of emphasis for Michael Elias when he took over because he inherited a system that had very poor depth in terms of going all the way down to the lower levels. They had very little action in the international market prior to Michael Elias's regime change. They had very little talent at the lower levels of the minor league. They had some intriguing guys that they had just drafted early in the draft, whether it be a D.L. Hall, a Grayson Rodriguez, a Robert Newstrom. Those guys were intriguing, but they did not have the kind of depth that they needed to to be, or, or to be able to compete in the AL East for a long time. Michael Elias has addressed that, and that's what's taken the most amount of time is – building this system from the ground up in terms of building that international pipeline, in terms of trading for prospects, getting his hands on as many guys as possible, as many lottery tickets as possible. That is certainly a big reason why the Orioles have the number one farm system. But what's put them over the top is the top-level prospects. It is. The top-end guys. Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, I think we can now count Colton Kowser in that category. Kobe Mayo is probably close to that category. Gunnar Henderson certainly is in that category. And Adley Rutschman, of all of those guys, of all those talented prospects, is by far the best. By far. I mean, he is clearly the best prospect in the Orioles system. The only knock on him coming into this year was his age, I think you could say, because he was somewhat older than some of the other top prospects around baseball. He's a little bit older than a Julio Rodriguez. He's a little bit older than a Bobby Witt Jr., who was taken number two overall. He's 24. He turns 25 next February. Some of the other prospects are younger, but that's the state of things when you draft a, a junior catcher coming out of college. But he checks every single box, and that's why he has the highest ceiling of anybody in the Oriole system, that's why he has the highest floor of anybody in the Orioles system. He is the face of this rebuild for a reason. Well, a, a few points I want to touch on from what you said there, Paul, but the first one being the age criticism. I understand that fans have been really anxiously awaiting this debut because Adley Rutschman proved last season that he was ready for the majors. And I think, again, if he had stayed healthy this offseason... Adley Rutschman is probably your opening day catcher because I think you and I can agree that he is probably the most talented catcher on this team immediately. Michael Elias acknowledged as much as well. Right. But to the age point, we've seen guys like Bobby Witt Jr., Julio Rodriguez, Spencer Torkelson get promoted. They're a lot younger and they're struggling. 
Julio Rodriguez is probably the one exception. He's been playing a little bit better, hitting 262, but he still only has a 318 on base percentage, a 691 OPS. And he has a .7 baseball reference war because he plays good defense. I believe he's also tied with Jorge Mateo for the major league lead in steals. So Julio Rodriguez providing in other areas outside of the offensive numbers. Bobby Witt Jr. is hitting .221 with a .267 on base percentage. Has a .4 baseball reference war, again, because he is incredibly fast. I think he's the fastest player in the majors by sprint speed and plays good defense. And then Spencer Torkelson is hitting 179 with a 290 on base percentage and a baseball reference war of negative 0.4. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Adley Rutschman is going to get called up and immediately be better than all of those guys. But I think at the beginning of the season, when you saw guys like Bobby Witt and Spencer Torkelson get promoted, it was almost a little bit discouraging that we had not seen Adley Rutschman yet because he was older, he was drafted either before those guys or he was drafted out of college in the same draft as Bobby Witt Jr., who was drafted out of high school. But now those guys got pushed up and they're struggling at the major league level. I mean, Spencer Torkelson is literally a below replacement level player right now. Not to say that those guys won't improve throughout the season, but I think it's also safe to say that, okay, maybe Adley Rutschman with a little bit more seasoning in the minor leagues than those guys might have a chance to come up and immediately have a higher floor than what we're seeing from those other top prospects right now. Certainly the age is a factor there, and I think that is why... Also, I think a catcher tends to take a little bit more seasoning than some other positions. And I think it's also safe to say that had 2020 been a normal season, I think that Adley Rutschman most likely would have made his debut earlier than right now. So I think that there's a good chance that we would have already seen Adley Rutschman, whether it had been in a September call-up in 2021 or perhaps mid-season in 2021, but the fact of the matter is there was not a minor league season in 2020. All they had was a couple months at the alternate site in Bowie, and while that was crucial for his development and he got to work with some big league pitchers, he got to face big league pitchers, it was not the equivalent of getting a minor league season. Simply, you need those kind of reps, and the Orioles have always prioritized their prospect development, it, it is by far the most important part of this rebuild because it trumps the guys that you have at the major league level that you see as complementary pieces, guys that you see as less important to the long-term future of this rebuild. So the Orioles have taken their time with Adley and other prospects for a reason. It's because they're not worried about making sure that these guys can contribute immediately they're worried about making sure that these guys can contribute to the next playoff team and World Series team in Baltimore. It's the blueprint, right? And also, real quick, just want to say, if you saw that graphic on Facebook or YouTube, if you're following along, the graphic said, yeah, an OPS of 515. That was a slugging percentage of 515 this year. Just wanted to throw that out real quick. But yeah, it's, it's the blueprint, Paul. You're taking your time with these prospects. You don't want to rush them like a Bobby Witt Jr. or a Spencer Torkelson. Because right now, I think especially if you're Detroit, I mean, do you put Spencer Torkelson back in AAA? Do you, what do you do with somebody who is just struggling that much at the major league level? The Orioles are not going to have to do that with Adley Rutschman. In all likelihood. In all likelihood. Because he at least provides you that floor as a catcher defensively. 
I think he is going to come up and do a great job with the pitching staff more than likely because that's what we've heard that he is able to do throughout the minor leagues. And we don't know how the bat is going to translate. We assume it's going to translate well because we haven't seen any evidence to suggest otherwise. But they didn't rush Adley Rutschman. They're not going to rush Grayson Rodriguez. They didn't rush Kyle Bradish when injuries happened in the pitching rotation. They called Bradish up when he was ready. They're going to call Grayson Rodriguez up when he is ready. And you talked about the draft, Paul, too. One thing I just want to mention as well, there is the top talent like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, but I also think we need to credit Mike Elias with there's been criticism about some of his top draft picks about going under slot with some players towards the top of the draft. Guys like Heston Kerstad and Colton Kowser were under slot picks towards the top of the draft. But without Heston Kerstad, you don't have a Kobe Mayo. And without Colton Kowser, you aren't able to go under slot on some other guys that they got in that draft. Guys like John Rhodes, who have been fantastic so far in the minor leagues. So when the guy is there at the top of the draft, Mike Elias has both proven that he will take the top, top end talent like Adley Rutschman, and he will play it a little bit safer at the top of the draft with guys like Kowser and Kerstad and find a lot of good value at the bottom of the draft. So not only is he providing that top end talent, but he is adding depth to a system that really needed it. Keep in mind, Adley Rutschman was signed slightly under slot as well. He did break the record for the highest signing bonus of any draft pick ever at, I believe, $8.1 million. And the slot value there was, I believe, $8.4 million. And that allowed the Orioles to go and draft and then sign Gunnar Henderson, who is a top high school bat, later on in that draft. But the point being, Adley Rutschman was the guy, and he still got the guy. He did. He, he got the guy, and he, while he was slightly below slot, he got clearly the best player in that draft. He got a guy who has been the best prospect since pretty much since he was drafted. He spent... I believe a year behind Wander Franco in the MLB pipeline prospect rankings. Look, Wander Franco just has proven himself as one of the better players in all of the AL East and all of the American League, one of the better young, exciting players. So if Adley Rutschman is on that path, that's perfectly fine. If he's second to Wander Franco for the next 10 years, that's perfectly fine. But I think Adley Rutschman could step in right now and become one of the better catchers in the American League. I know that's a lot to put on the kid, and certainly there has been a, a tremendous amount of pressure on this young kid who is 24 years old. I know that's still pretty young, and I know that he has not even played a single game in the big leagues before people are already you know, polishing his plaque in Cooperstown. I get that. I'm not doing that just yet. But what I am saying is there's a dearth of catching talent in the big leagues right now. There's a hole left by Buster Posey, who was the best collegiate catcher of all time, maybe the best catcher that we've seen in the last eight or ten years. And there is an opportunity for Adley Rutschman to step right in and already become one of the better catchers in the American League, let alone baseball. He's got a hit, and he's got to produce behind the plate as well, but there is an opportunity for him to do that here. Yeah, I think that's more of a reflection of the lack of catching talent throughout baseball. I mean, when you look at the American League right now, Yasmani Grandal was probably the best catcher in the American League going into the year. He's not hitting. Salvador Perez is supposed to be kind of the big boomer at catcher. He's not hitting all that well, and he's a liability defensively. 
And then in the rest of the American League, when you try to think about some of the best catchers in the game, Mike Zanino, maybe, but Mike Zanino doesn't hit for a very high average. I know his OPS is better and and he's good defensively. Sean Murphy is pretty good defensively, but again, you're kind of getting into guys that are maybe going to have a 700 OPS. I, I looked the other day, Paul, I think there's one catcher with an OPS above 800 in all of baseball, and it's Wilson Contreras, who plays in the National League. There certainly is a dearth. Uh, yeah. uh, and Mike Elias acknowledged that recently, that ca- teams are having a hard time finding franchise catchers. They're, these guys are just not available right now. And yes, it, it would be a reflection of the, just the kind of lack of talent. But also, that's not to take away from Adley Rutschman's ability here. Right. Because he could be head and shoulders. Give him, give him six months, give him a year. He could be head and shoulders above some of those other guys. And some of the other catchers in baseball who have been regarded as some of the better backstops in baseball, like a Yadier Molina, a JT Real Muto, these guys are on the probably back end of their careers. Real Muto's a couple years over 30. I believe he's like 32. But Yadier Molina is clearly nearing the end of his career. There is an opportunity for Adley to step up and be one of those guys. And it, it's not going to be by default, I don't think. It's going to be no. because he earns it. And it's not incredibly hard for catchers to make all-star games because you have to take multiple catchers to fill out an all-star game roster. And look at Matt Wieters, multiple all-star appearances, even though he was not an incredible player. Adley Rutschman is the chance, especially with Salvador Perez not having a great year, not an all-star this year, but Adley Rutschman has a chance to be a multiple-time all-star in Baltimore. I, I don't think it's ridiculous to already be looking ahead at those kind of things. I'm, again, I'm not polishing his plaque in Cooperstown just yet, but what I am saying is there is an opportunity for him to establish himself. And I think in terms of a game-to-game basis, it, look, comparing him to other catchers throughout baseball doesn't matter on the field when you're playing another team, right? But theoretically, it does give the Orioles a competitive advantage if you are playing another team that just doesn't have a quality catcher, of which there are many. I mean, look at the New York Yankees, for example. They have the best record in baseball, and they are throwing out platoons of Kyle Higashioka and Jose Trevino. Higashioka has an OPS below 500, and yes, they're good defensively, but even a team like the Yankees thought they had a franchise catcher in Gary Sanchez, have been struggling to find one. It's hard to find around baseball. And then all of a sudden, if you're the Orioles, you don't have to worry about catcher. You can worry about filling out the rest of your order, the rest of the lineup, the rest of the defensive positions, which have proven throughout baseball to be a lot easier to find than the catcher position. That's an immediate competitive advantage for any team that the Orioles are playing. I remember when he was drafted first overall back in 2019, and there were some positional value questions when it came to Adley Rutschman because not not the exact same conversation, but similar to the Spencer Torkelson. Do you take a first baseman, number one overall, a guy that you don't expect to be a quality defensive player throughout his career. Adley Rutschman, those weren't the questions. It wasn't whether you expect him to be a quality defensive player. But catchers don't play every day. In today's day and age, a catcher is behind the plate for 120 games if he's lucky. And sometimes he'll fill in as a DH if he's a good enough hitter. But there aren't a whole lot of good hitting catchers right now in baseball. So did you want to invest the kind of resources it takes to take a guy number one overall and hand him $8.1 million in bonus money for a guy that you know will never play 162. 
Right. Just based off the position he's playing and the kind of wear and tear it takes to be a big league catcher. But here's the thing. His defense is so good, and they expect his hitting to be so good that it didn't really matter. He's going to provide a ton of value, even if he plays 120, 115, 130 every year for the rest of his career. Because his defense, when he is behind the plate, he's going to be a positive on defense, throwing out runners, working with pitches, calling games. He's going to be good enough as a hitter, they expect and they hope, that you can fill him in as a DH on a Sunday afternoon game after he just caught Friday and Saturday. That you can fill him in at first base when Ryan Mountcastle isn't healthy for the next few years. So that is where Adley Rutschman's value comes in. It's not a knock on him that he is a catcher and he won't be able to play 162. When he is in the game, he will provide plenty of value. And it should say something about that draft where Adley Rutschman was pretty clearly the best player in available, available in a draft that included Bobby Witt Jr., who probably nine years out of ten is your first overall pick. Yeah, high school shortstop. And a shortstop can play 162 Yeah, and is a premier defensive position. So that was where the questions came into play of do you want to take Adley or do you want to Take a guy that you know can play 162 and give you quality defense. And you mentioned where Adley Rutschman will be in the lineup. We've gotten a lot of comments asking about what the lineup might look like. It's 11.04 a.m., guys. The lineup isn't out yet. I'm so sorry. It is not out (laughs) yet, but I think if we... Let's just say the rest of the season what a theoretical lineup might look like. I think you keep the top of the lineup relatively the same because Adley Rutschman has not proven himself yet. Maybe in a year or two, Adley Rutschman is your second hitter in the lineup. Heck, maybe in a few months, Adley Rutschman is your number two hitter. I I don't think it's ridiculous. If he he starts the season on fire, I don't think it's ridiculous to move him up quickly. I don't think so either, but I think for the time being, the top of the lineup probably stays the same. I think you see Cedric Mullins leading off, Austin Hayes in the two-hole, followed by some combination of Trey Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, Anthony Santander. I think that's your top five. And then after Santander or whoever bats fifth, I think Adley Rutschman is probably sixth. If I had to put my money on where he bats tonight, I think it's sixth. Of all of the pressure that is on this kid, I think they want to mitigate some of it. Right. By pushing him a little bit lower in the lineup. He should not be slotted ahead of some of the veterans. Frankly, I hate to be the guy that say that says, you know, these veterans have earned their spot. But look, Anthony Santander, Trey Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, all of these guys are proven big league hitters. Proven big league sluggers. You can't put Adley Rutschman, who's never played an MLB game, ahead of them in the lineup on day one. You can't because there is going to be an obvious adjustment period. Yeah. I mean, maybe there won't be. Maybe he lights the world on fire immediately and lives up to every exorbitant <laughs> hype machine that has been out there. But more than likely, Adley Rutschman is going to take a little bit of time yeah. to adjust. So I think. If, again, I'm just guessing here, but I would guess that Brandon Hyde would put him around six or seven, somewhere between Anthony Santander and Jorge Mateo. I think that's where we find Adley Rutschman. And it's exciting, Paul, because I think the bottom of the lineup has been such a point of contention for Orioles fans over the last few weeks. We've seen a lot of injuries that have forced guys into relatively everyday roles that are not used to it, like Chris Owings, Ryan McKenna. But if everybody is healthy, the bottom of the lineup right now, after the top five that I just named, could be Adley Rutschman, 
Jorge Mateo, Ramon Arias, whose advanced stats have been a lot better than how he's been playing, and Tyler Nevin, who has been on fire lately. I think Tyler Nevin could be a close-to-everyday starter at third base, and then you work Rukin and Odor in there at second as well. I think we'll see some combination of Odor, Arias, Nevin. But that's not a bad bottom of the lineup by any stretch. It, it certainly looks a lot better when you add Adley Rutschman to it. Yes. And that is an area of their lineup that they need to address is that bottom part of the lineup. And the expectation is the more prospects that they, that debut, the more that bottom half of the lineup becomes a a bigger strength and less of a weakness for this team right now. People are bringing up uh, the fact that you have Santander and Adley as two switch hitters in the lineup. That's a nice benefit as well. Adley, Batting from the left side for the most part, which is what he will do against right-handed pitchers, will also give Brandon Hyde a little bit more flexibility that you can throw a lefty into the middle of that lineup or into the bottom half of that lineup, at least for now, you know, six or or seven for the time being and break up some righties that you might have with Mateo. So it's going to be interesting to see how quickly he moves up throughout the lineup or if he stays in that six hole and Brandon Hyde just says he's comfortable here. We want to keep him here batting from the left side of the plate for the most part, but he strengthens a part of the roster that is a weakness. He, you're just replacing Anthony Benboom who was hitting 115 with a guy that has the potential to hit a whole lot higher than 115 with a whole lot more power. Yeah, Brandon Hyde has said that he's been really happy with the work that Robinson Chirinos and Anthony Bamboom have done with the pitching staff, which is great. But I would have to imagine that Brandon Hyde is going to be a whole lot happier when he gets a catcher who can both handle the pitching staff and is going to give you better offensive numbers. Yeah, and and again, this goes back to what teams are looking for in baseball. It's become, catcher has not become an afterthought But offensive production from a catcher has become an afterthought because teams are building their roster around other sluggers. They're looking at other positions to provide offensive value. Of course, they're looking at corner outfielders to be their big power hitters. They're looking at first basemen to be their big power hitters. They're looking at shortstops and third basemen as some of the bigger positions of offensive impact than they are for catcher. And all they're looking for from catchers is defense. That's that's how some of the catchers in baseball that are hitting as low as they are hitting 150 or 190 are still getting contracts, are still bouncing around the big leagues. Look at look, Robinson Chirinos was, by all accounts, an offensive nightmare last year and yet was able to get a contract in Baltimore. Sandy Leone was an offensive nightmare last year and was able to get a contract in this offseason. Uh, Roberto Perez, same deal. I believe he hit under 200. So... All teams are looking for is defense, and they're saying even if you hit 150, 190, that's okay so long as you can provide defensive value. The Orioles are in a position, it's a luxury, to have a quality offensive catcher in addition to having somebody behind the plate that you can trust. Well, and not just able to get contracts, Paul. Those guys were seen as valuable throughout the league. They're premier catchers (laughs) suddenly. Right, and I mean, even somebody like Anthony Benboom, Brandon Hyde was still happy with what they got from Anthony Bemboom. He kind of said, yeah, he came as advertised. We know he wasn't going to give you much offensively, but he handled the pitching staff really well. And that's what you needed for the few weeks to start the season until Adley Rutschman got up here. It wasn't great. The offensive production wasn't awesome. You got to the bottom of the lineup and you kind of knew that not much offense was going to happen there. But now with Adley Rutschman, 
you have a possibility of a catcher who gives you both. Yeah, and and for the Orioles, again, they were looking at other positions to provide offensive value. And it wasn't until a lot of guys went down with injury. It wasn't until Mountcastle hit the IL, we lost Hayes for a few days, Mancini was playing hurt, that the pressure was turned up uh, offensively on the bottom half of the lineup, guys like a Ben Boom, when those guys were needed to produce offensively because the offense was just in a rut. So now you are adding Adley Rutschman to that. No matter where you add him to the lineup, it is going to be a net positive. And when Adley Rutschman is in the lineup, when he is catching, and if you have Tyler Nevin playing third and a, a kind of regular lineup here, it's a really young team that is going to have an injection of prospects continue to flow to the major league level over the next few years. I think Trey Man, correct me if I'm wrong here, but is Trey Mancini the only player in the lineup over 27 when Adley Rutschman is catching? I think Rugnet Odor's 28. Let's say Ramon Arias is playing second, Tyler Nevins at third, and you have your regular outfield. I think you're correct. I think Trey Mancini would be the only player over 27. Yeah. Because you have younger guys Santander's in... 27, I believe. Nevin, Mateo, Mateo's Mullins, Hayes. So they're all around there, but they're 27 or younger. Right. Outside of Trey Mancini. I think you're correct there. So uh, Mullins is 27. So yeah. They're, Ramon they're, Arias is right around there yeah, as well. I think I believe Arias is 27. I think... I think you're correct that Mancini is the oldest player in this lineup and the only one over 27. But that's incredibly exciting. Over 28. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's only going to get younger. <laughs> right. That's it. And over the next few years, you're going to see Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Wesper, Kobe Mayo, Colton Kowser. So there's young talent already here. There's young talent that we are getting to see flourish. I mean, Jorge Mateo has turned into a completely different player this year. Austin Hayes has taken a lot of steps forward. And those are two guys who are 26, 27. There's young talent here, and there's going to be more coming. And Adley Rutschman is just obviously the biggest name to come up so far, but he is far from the last. You can feel our exuberance through the screen, I hope. It's an exciting time. It is an exciting time. Genuinely. And I mean, you look at the prospect rankings as well. Gunnar Henderson is going to get a massive boost in the top 100. He is dominating double A. He is playing better than a lot of the guys in the top 10 of prospect rankings. With a few graduations, Grayson Rodriguez is all of a sudden the fourth best prospect in baseball. And then once Adley Rutschman and Spencer Torkelson graduate, he will be the second best prospect in baseball. And he's already the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. Right. Already coming into the season. So... You have that working with the top catching prospect in all of baseball. It's exciting times. I can't wait to see what Camden Yards looks like tonight. I can't wait to see what it looks like tomorrow. The Orioles go on the road for a week, but I expect when they come back that the the ballpark is going to be more filled than it has been in recent seasons, as well it should be. And I know the Orioles fan base is plenty excited and should enjoy this day as much as humanly possible. I think the Orioles fan base is going to take a singular day or two to enjoy Adley Rutschman, and then it's right back to, all right, where's Grayson? I mean, it's perhaps, <laughs> but also you're going to get to see Adley Rutschman yes. on a daily basis. That will mitigate a lot of that. It's going to be an exciting thing to see Adley Rutschman every day. It's going to be fun to have a, an extra reason to tune into games every single day. And for today, it has the vibes of the Cal statue game in the middle of the season. I know that was a much different time in terms of the Orioles' competitive cycle, 
in terms of, you know, they were a lot closer to competing. They took over first place in the AL East from the Yankees that night in the middle of the year. I, I get that that was a, a different, you know, they were further along in their rebuild than the Orioles are now. However, it, it's that level of excitement, and it's it, it's the start of something new, the start of a new team. Oh, I, I guess it would be closer to the um, Andino game, the curse of the Andino where it's a team that is punching above its weight class. You have reasons to tune in. You have a team that never gives up, a team that believes in itself and is playing hard in a season where many are not expecting them to be competitive. We were already getting those vibes with those back-to-back walk-off wins. Now add Adley Rutschman to that, and the intrigue around this team goes up an extra notch. The team has already been outperforming expectations. Yes. We've seen a lot of younger guys who were at the major league level to start the year, take steps forward. Like I mentioned, Jorge Mateo, Austin Hayes. Pitchers like Bruce Zimmerman have been excellent. The bullpen has been excellent. The team is punching above their weight class, and you are adding talent to that. It's exciting stuff. Very Can't much wait to so. see you at, at Camden Yards tonight, at Camden Yards tomorrow, and the rest of the season. At Brendan Morty is Brendan's Twitter handle. I am at Paul Mancano. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to Amy Jennings and Tim Leonard for producing this podcast. We're going to go live with a show later on today, so tune in for that as well. And we will be carrying Adley Rutschman's introductory press conference at some point later today. Time to be announced. But all good stuff coming on the Mass and Orioles social feeds as well on YouTube and on Facebook. Thanks so much for tuning in, and happy Adley Rutschman Day. We'll see you later, guys.